Hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is funny because we both said, how are you? Yeah. At the exact same time. <laughs> the same intonation, which makes uh, me start every single podcast like that. Welcome to Biff and M's Book Pod. I'm Elizabeth in the Mid-Atlantic. And I'm Emily in the Pacific Northwest. And we are sisters living 3,000 miles apart discussing our quest for existential discovery and satisfaction through talks about books and other stuff. Recording in progress is what it Recording just said to me. Recording in progress. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Wow. Hi. How's it going? Oh, it's good. I would say it's been a minute, but we actually were just talking for a while before we jumped on here. But what we want to convey to our listeners is there are any I hope there are um, two, I is think. that it's been like four months since we've recorded no yeah four months yeah. It's-, it's April right no May we did record in May we did oh I don't remember that I checked today because oh. when I went to go check out our notes for today it said June and I was like wait a second oh wait oh okay hopefully this is a. Uh... This quote is not, I'm not reusing it. Am I reusing that? I don't no, know. No, this was, that. okay, so this is episode six, said June, but we did not record June, so all this stuff. Oh, was still June. <laughs> magic. Okay, good. Okay, good. Yes. Yay, so, well, what's up? How was that? How was your summer? Oh, it was so was productive. It was also, so productive. Nipply, I'm sorry, in advance. From, oh, that's okay. everybody out there. From a little it's snippy. the allergies. It's the weather change. You know, because you know that the fall starts in a couple days. Anyways, Ooh, it yes, does. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. There's a full moon on Monday and the equinox is on Tuesday. Okay. This is awesome. 2021. Couldn't get any more weird. So, oh. like, our second day of school was canceled this year because of flooding from a tropical storm. Tropical storm Ida that came through. Second oh, day yeah. of school. Tropical storm shut us down. So crazy. Like this is so 2020, except it's not 2020 anymore. And I keep thinking it is. I know. Because like I it's like it's 2021. I'm like, this isn't this year, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's almost over. No beginning and no end. I know. It's gonna be 2022. And I'm just like, what the fuck happened? I literally just feel like I've been coasting, like not in a bad way, like but because of everything going on, I'm just kind of like like you've been on a train ride that has been going faster and faster and faster and you can't stop yeah. and take it off. Because like <laughs> September's almost over and I'm just like, this is like one of my favorite months of the whole year. And it's like, I didn't even realize that it happened. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it just has gone by. And I was like feeling kind of sad yesterday because I was like, oh my God, like September, October, November is like my favorite time of year. Yeah. And it's like gone almost. So it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, full moon, equinox. That just sounds about right for these That's apocalyptic right. days. Yes. Um, yes. Pretty much. So, yeah. But, but, what else um, did you do this summer? Oh, let's see. Summertime, I actually barely read any books. I want to say that I only read a few, like a handful, which... For me in the past, that would have been great. Um, but I just, I was filling my time with so many other things. I did actually read some gardening books. Oh, um, that's helpful. 
It is. Yes, it is helpful mm -hmm. considering I gardened again this year and um, I actually have some baby kale coming up. It's really cute because so baby, a little brassica. I'll name her Jessica the brassica. <laughs> Jessica the Brassica. <laughs> well, so you know how when plants come up, they have the first two little leaves. I'm sure there's a fancy name for them, but then, but then as hand motions, um, but then they have like the first actual leaves come up and the first actual leaves have come up on some of these Aww. and they're so cute and they have like little teeth on them because they're the, I want to say premier kale is the variety. Mm -hmm. So We'll see how much they grow over the fall. I mean, I only have hopefully another month or month and a week until the first frost. Um, but Jessica the Brassica is doing great. Jessica the Brassica. <laughs> that is classic. I'm proud of that. That's a good one. That's good. That's you should good. make a little sign and put it in the ground right next <gasps> to her. I know. I feel like talking to your plants is one level of being a good plant parent. But yeah. naming your plants is like the next level and they're going to know that you love them and that you name them. So they're going to grow even better for you. Like, I, I feel like that's that. a thing. That's a total thing. That's a total so, um, yeah. So I read some gardening books. I was trying to pull up to see how many books I read this summer. It was only a few. Um, mm -hmm. and so we did a, get a hold of your shelf challenge. Yes, we did. And, um, so we did not buy or borrow any mm -hmm. books this summer. All summer, um, unless with the exception of our book club books. Yes. Book club books. We exception. still were able to buy or borrow oh, or purchase on audible, which I did for one of them. Um, and I also decided to go ahead and check out the gardening books in the library because I was starting a new like hobby and I wanted some good information. So mm -hmm. I feel like that didn't count. That does not. Um, but yeah, so I think that went pretty well. And actually by the end, I found myself kind of wishing it was still going on because I have a lot of books on my shelves that I haven't read. Yeah, so. I was feeling the same way. I was feeling the same way. I mean, I may or may not have done a Kindle Daily Deals book binge like the first week after it was over. How many books did you buy? Like six. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's like cheap, cheap. So I only spent like 20 bucks. Cheap, cheap. So, cheap, 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 cheap. So, um, but yeah, I feel the same way. Like I have a lot of books and I, here's my thing. I have a lot of standalone books mm -hmm. and I have a lot of books that I haven't read. So I kind of want to get through the standalones that I have. Like, that's what I would want to do. Like I talk about things that I want to do and then I never end up doing them. This is just like a hope and dream. Okay, Daydreamer Emily would love to read through all of my standalone books and then I can decide which ones I want to keep and which ones I don't because mm -hmm. that'll help me you know call my book collection but yeah I only read I only read a handful of books I read let's see I, I pretty much just read book club books um plus daughter from the dark um by the Diachenkos and oh, yeah. um, which was that was pretty good um, that was a while ago now that I read it. I finished it in the beginning of July. So it's a long time ago for my brain cells, but, um, that was a pretty good read. It was a very fast read. And I liked that. I gave it four stars. Then I also read Arabella of Mars for our book club. Which <gasps> I did too. Cute, oh, I loved cute it. Book. 
very cute. I listened um, to it when I was painting um, our front room. We did like kind of because we got our bookshelves finally finished, which now we realize we actually yeah. need more bookshelves, but we got them finished uh, like custom built-ins for people who have never done any project like that before. They turned out really nice. Um, so I listened to Arabella of Mars um, while I was painting. It only took me like two days to read it because I was painting all day. So that's the best thing about audiobooks. Like, I don't know, that's something I, I don't know for audiobooks. I, I really have to be in the mood, but I also think it's a fall winter thing for me. Doesn't audiobooks because it's also like my crafting season. Mm, so yeah. um, I'm sure I'll be listening to more. Um, and the Libby app just makes it so easy. It's not sponsored, but I just love the Libby app so much. That is like my favorite you know, library app. It is awesome. And um, I would say it even, it works better than the Audible app. Because oh, yeah. so many times the Audible app is like glitchy. Um, mm -hmm. But the Libby app, I've never experienced that. So um, yeah, five stars for yeah. the Libby app. Five stars for Libby app. And then, uh, oh yeah, and we both recently read Mexican Gothic, which I've been meaning to read for, since it came out, I saw the cover and I was like, oh fuck, like so Mexico, good. anything Gothic related, like I'm here for that. I know, um, you know, and I, book. my first impression from the synopsis, it was like set in the 1950s and I'm like, uh, like anything <laughs> from about the, I don't know, 18, like right after the civil war to, I don't know, present day. I'm just like, Meh. No. like, yeah. Like any history besides like world war two or whatever. I just don't really, it doesn't strike my fancy, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah. I, so you told me that you were reading it and I was like, Oh, I have that on my shelf. Cause I got it as a, a book of the month book actually as an add on mm -hmm. to my subscription. Um, and oh man, it was so good. It was so creepy. And yeah. it was, I mean, I guess you would call it dark fantasy. Yeah, it's like dark. Oh, yeah, I think it's dark fantasy. And it definitely has those classic gothic tropes. Such know, as? Uh, such as, you know, haunted house. Also, house. if there are creepy house, if there are spoilers, we're sorry, but we read the book. And if you did, spoiler alert. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Um, creepy house like you know the whole idea of being isolated and being kind of a candle in the dark which is kind of the character um in this book what was her mm. name oh no noemi 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 um i think that i have discovered i used to read a lot of stephen king when i was younger i say a lot like three books really like, you did high school i was it was a rebel it was me being a rebel because um Stephen King books weren't allowed in the house when we were younger. So it was a totally me being a rebel. But um, I really like reading horror. I have, I like the whole horror genre. Like my husband loves horror movies and B movies and just like all that stuff. Um, but I've discovered that I, I have, as I'm older, I'm having a harder time absorbing horror through like visually just because I'm my mind will just go with it for like hours and I'm like oh god so, I can't sleep but um reading horror like we did in this book I it was very enjoyable because mm -hmm. then I can kind of paint my own image right and it's easier for me to do and then I can keep it at a level where it's not so terrifying um well and I read more horror you're like 
going off of what you already know of those things in your head you don't have new input new visual input mm -hmm. like you do like if you've never seen somebody slashed to death with like a chainsaw before <laughs> and you read it in a book i feel like sorry, that's like a really no that's a good dark, one okay no that's like thinking and you've, you've never yeah right which i've never seen for obvious reasons but um but if you've never seen that visually like someone else giving you that image and all you have is what you have in your head and like for all the sleep that i have not been getting the past couple weeks in school has started that <laughs> book has had nothing to do with it at all so Right. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, that was so, it was so good. And actually I did like, I want to say maybe a third listening and the other two thirds reading the actual like hard copy. Mm -hmm. Um, but the narrator was really great in her pronunciation of the Spanish words, which I appreciate. That's awesome. So, yes. um, yeah, that was a good book. I did only give it four out of five stars because I feel like this book, well, we kind of fall into it right in the beginning. We, we fall into 1950s Mexico City um, and we kind of fall into the character and all of that. And while it's really well written, I think that the whole, I feel like the whole book could have been expanded. I feel like the, the intro, I don't know, I'm, I'm very much a, uh, I need like the descriptors. I like being put into the world like I'm willing like to the do the expository like, writing yes to like really put me there um but I also thought that a lot of the action of the book like there was a lot of suspenseful buildup but most of the action happened in the last 50 pages mm -hmm. and I feel like that could have been expounded upon I feel like it would could have been there could have been more um with that but that's just my opinion um, you know I I actually appreciated that the book was only 300 pages um because I was like, oh, you have to get this whole story done within 300 pages, which I mean, like, that's pretty short for a standalone, like fantasy or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I liked that. And I liked that the last 50 pages were like so fast paced. I found and actually, I kind of experienced a little bit of reading slump over the summer, maybe because my routine was different and I was just busy doing other things. Um, but this was like this book kind of, you know, you have the those reading slumps and you have a book that like kind of grabs you back in and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I actually really like to do this. Um, and that book did it for me because I I remember when did I finish it? Tuesday, I want to say. Yeah, um, I finished it last Saturday, I think, and you were just a couple days behind me. Okay. I'm pretty sure I finished it on Tuesday because Aaron was going to be home late because he had to travel for work, which he hasn't had to do in a long time. Um, and I remember I was like that morning, I'm like, I'm not going to listen to this last couple chapters on my way to work. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to read it over my break, lunch break, which I don't really have time for that. But um, <laughs> I, I wanted to save it and savor the last like 25 however many pages and I actually finished it like two minutes before he got home <laughs> uh, oh my gosh that's so great which that's I was so like happy about that's so smart yeah. of you to do though because like then you can really absorb it yeah it was a little and nugget like, that I saved for yeah. myself you can't see my hands but I'm holding a little nugget little, that is the end of a book <laughs> that is just you're just looking forward to it's like one of the most simple joys in the world 
is like waiting to finish a book until you have the time to just sit down and finish it, you know? One of those anticipations so. that I'm cool with. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have a hard time and Luke can totally account for this and probably growing up, you can account for this, but I have a really hard time waiting to open presents mm. for holidays and for like my birthday and stuff like, or like anything like that. I just kind of want to be, get it over with. Cause I think the anticipation makes me more anxious than anything. Oh, but, but that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, with, yeah. But with this type of thing, that's totally, that's like almost a reward to yourself. You're like, yeah. I was patient. I waited, yeah. you know, and now that you can fully enjoy and be present when you're reading that last bit because mm-hmm. you're not doing it like doing because I've done that I finished books like on my breaks at work and then I'm like oh my god this is not this is you can't process it you can't just yeah. sit I love I love the feeling of just like closing the book and sitting there and just being like oh it's mm-hmm. kind of like when you go to the movies and you sit through the credits like rather than getting up and rushing out of the yeah. theater you just kind of sit and you absorb and you know you have the different songs that play during the credits and I'm sure there's probably somebody out there who you know there's like would say there's like certain reasons for the songs they choose for the credits or whatever but like it just helps you kind of absorb everything and that's what it is when you finish a book you just sit there and just kind of like oh okay yeah I think too with the movie theater thing it's almost I don't know I've always been a person to wait because I I don't know it's almost like a respect thing like all these oh. people work so hard to make this movie. And so like I'll just sit there and just be like, okay, well, I want to give them at least this five minutes or whatever, because they just spent however long making this movie. So I yeah. can eat popcorn and watch it. But a lot of movies back in the day, I don't think they do anymore, but in my era of going to the movies, like with like The Matrix and Lord of the Rings and all that stuff, there were a lot of Easter eggs at the end of movies. I don't know how much they do that anymore. Um, Easter eggs, yeah. So like, yeah, I know. I know what it oh, is. Okay. They Sorry. need to find another term for it because it's like, I, I just, I just don't like the term Easter egg to talk about like a little hint or clue or whatever that you might yeah. see. Yeah. There should be something better than that. Hint. We come up clue. Hint, or just a little like, um, snippet of something. Yeah. Like, a, yeah, there's, there's gotta be a better word than that. Um, I know. But yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed the book. I enjoyed it. I, I also feel like I, I don't think I had much as much of a reading slump as more of like just a, a diversion of attention because uh, I, I mean, okay, so this is my first summer without school. And then I started working a lot more, um, working a lot more as I'm working four to five days a week instead of three days a week. Um, but then, you know, I got my switch. So I've been playing a lot of video games Yeah, and that's been taking a lot of my time. So, and yeah, so I don't know. I made a very lofty goal like early this year. And I'm, like, I'm totally going to be able to read 75 books. And Same. I'm like, you read 32 of 75 books. And I'm like, Oh fuck, it's the end of September. I know. <laughs> so I am happened. apparently, okay. I'm at 50, which is pretty freaking good hot dog dude (laughs) but um my goodreads tells me you're three books behind schedule and I'm like um okay I guess and I I'm like not stressed out about it anything that's not work related I don't see a reason to get stressed out unless like I can't pay my bills or something like really no reason um one of the other books that I read that I really enjoyed was a song for a new day 
we read this for our science fiction and fantasy award-winning book club um by sarah pinsker i want to say is how you say her name um song for a new day is so good did you read it you didn't I didn't. Read it, did you I you would it. really really like it it's okay. mom said that too yeah so which i was surprised mom liked it because mom is not really a science fiction person um mm-hmm. but i had to keep checking on the copyright date of this book because it's almost like she knew that covid and all this stuff was going to happen when she wrote this book but she had no idea um it's kind of set in the near future, like in the next 20 or 30 years. And it's about this um, girl who likes to play music. Well, the world is such that like nobody goes outside anymore. Everybody experiences everything virtually because of these diseases that are going around and people are like blowing stuff up all the time. And there's all these terrorist attacks. Well, I don't know if there's a Terrorist, but attacks and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so everybody experiences everything from inside their house. And they have this thing called a hoodie that they wear, which I'm a teacher in high school and I am constantly telling kids to take their hoods off. So I totally believe that this could happen. So they have a like lean of kids these days. That's what I was thinking. Kids these days. Kids they these have, days. Oh, God. I know. All their things and their TikToks and their TikToks. I know. So they have like, you know, their earbuds in and their hoods up. And I mean, in this book, it's like you experience the world through your hoodie or whatever. Oh, wow. So this girl is trying to go out and like play her music and find venues to play her music. And it's all about how actually like being together physically with people, even though there is a risk is like worth it because we are humans made for community. And that's kind of the premise of the book. And I really enjoyed it. It's so well-written. It's like not very, I mean, not very long. It's like 300 pages, something like that. (laughs) Um, but it was so good. And actually the, I did listen to part of it on audiobook and there are two main viewpoints, two main characters, and they flip-flop between chapters, not every single time, but they're read by different people. Love that. I love one of that. them is first person. One of them is third person. Um, and so that I like having the viewpoint like flipped around like that every now and then there are some books what was the one that I didn't finish priority of the orange tree? I think it was where I wanted to, because the cover was gorgeous. And I was like, this whole premise of this book sounds awesome. I just wanted to like fall in and be like real cozy in this world and stuff. And I, I DNF'd it, but, um, partially the reason, one of the reasons for that was because there were like four different viewpoints and it was really tough to keep track of everything. So excuse me song for new day only has two um and yeah it was just it was a fantastic book and i want to read more of her stuff um so highly recommend and of course it brought up so many good topics um a great book to discuss with a book group um or to buddy read or whatever so totally i have to put on my want to read list yeah i just didn't uh no no i just didn't get to it well i was out I was on vacation I went on vacation for the first time you know because I came to see you yes. which was great yes and we, we were we actually didn't have like a set time where we just sat down and read did we no we were doing things and we were cooking and we were canning yeah. and we were hanging out at the beach 
We watch TV. Which we watch TV, I, which, which is awesome. Which is awesome because like I we I never do that. I never just sit and watch. And when we did, it was just like so it's one of those things that you know, like that you just do with your family. Yeah. You just like sit and do with your family. Or like I I will never forget. There was one time when we were all together for Christmas. And it like was the way five back. of us, you mean? Yeah. Like our and our family. our nuclear family, yeah. And you, me, and Leah, we were all doing like some type of craft or something. We were all sitting in the living room together. And I just, that feeling of all just being there yeah. and like doing our own thing. But again, having that sense of community or whatever, and just being together while we do our own separate things. That was really yeah. great. I always love that feeling. It's very cozy. I like that feeling a lot. And thanks to COVID, I started to appreciate TV more. Not that I didn't mm-hmm. like it before, but um, I, I mean, we, I feel like our generation is like, like a TV generation, like yes. this generation coming up now is all about the phones and tablets and stuff. Ours was like, we got to rush home from school and do our homework so we can watch things like Boy Meets World and yeah, um, all Dragon those shows. Ball C and Sailor yeah. Moon at 3 and 3.30. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like just on demand where you could just watch it whenever you wanted. It was like on at a certain time. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, not that I didn't appreciate it before, but I had a hard time just sitting and watching. Mm-hmm. And now I would prefer to just sit and watch TV and not be doing a craft or something else at the same time. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a great, I appreciate it as a way to relax and to, you know, like you do when you read a, a book, you're just kind of going off to another world for a little bit and hanging yeah. out with characters and stuff like that. So, totally. um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of good TV out there still. Um, oh yeah. So there's just so much. There's so much. It's so hard hard to choose. Yes. That's where I get, I get like, I think that's a big reason why all through school and stuff when I was in school and working and it was hard for me to just sit and watch TV because I had just decision fatigue and Mm -hmm. to like pick something was so hard because then I was also thinking like, what if I don't like it? Because this is my small amount of free time. What if I waste my oh, time? Oh, exactly. So then exactly. I go down this whole like wormhole of, oh shit, like I just feel like I can't watch anything and just get kind of frozen. So then I like just didn't watch TV at all. Yep. But I feel like now I, I've been working my way through, especially when I'm home alone and I like when, or when Luke's out doing stuff outside or if I'm on my day off, I've, I've really been cooking and doing that kind of thing a lot. The cooking, canning and stuff on my own and uh, if I'm doing meal prep or something, I'll put on Merlin, which is like, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, like when you watch like Firefly, it's kind of fun and cute, but it also has like bigger things going on. Merlin mm-hmm. is like that. So um, I've been watching that, but uh, we had a great time watching Indian matchmaking. That was a great show. Oh, that, <laughs> that was, was such a good yes, show. that was a good show. A good show. Um, I so, enjoyed that a lot. We also, I introduced you to, um, great British baking show or bake off or whatever yes. it's called. And I introduced that to Luke. And so we're actually planning on watching that tonight because we haven't watched it in like a week or two. Um, but what's really exciting is I read today that on the newest season, there is the youngest chef ever that's been on there. She's 19 and she's a vegan. So I'm interested. Oh. So as a meat and dairy free person, I'm in a previous vegan. I'm really excited to, to watch that and like see mm-hmm. like how she does in this environment. Oh my gosh. I want to know. Baking. Like it's one yes. thing to cook. It's one thing to cook and be meat and dairy free. I feel like it's, it's pretty, it's not difficult. 
um, resource wise, but baking, it just, it takes up a lot more, you know, a lot more ingenuity. Well, and the chemistry isn't the same. I mean, I don't know a ton, but I know that like gluten flour, well, you said she's vegan, not necessarily gluten-free, right? She's vegan. But I guess my thought went to also gluten-free stuff, um, that you have to have gluten to form, to make certain things like bread and different pastries and stuff. And if you don't have Mm -hmm. that gluten formation, it's not going to be good or not going to be the texture that you want it to be. Same thing with like using, um, like when you make, a one time with a friend, I made macarons, macarons, Mm -hmm. macarons, macarons are different. Um, macarons. Yeah. Yeah. Macarons. And I mean, it's essentially almond flour and butter and sugar. And like, you have to have the butter. Oh, it's eggs too, but you have to have the butter to like do certain things. And, you know, when I'm bringing out my quote, dairy-free butter, it's not butter. It's basically oil. It's like a fancy version of margarine. And I tried to make a pie crust and, um, the pie turned out it was delicious. It turned out so well. I got compliments on it. We had people over for like dessert and games and stuff. Um, it was really, really awesome. I'm just gonna like, you know, pat myself on the back there. Cause I can, yeah, you apple pie. but you. I, for the first time in a long time, I tried making my own crust and, you know, you want the butter to be nice and cold while you're making the crust, because then it's going to end up being nice and flaky when you cook it. Mm. Well, the quote unquote dairy-free butter, it only stays cold for a little while. And, and yeah. And so it was good, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, a really good, just normal crust with butter. So when I watch the great British baking show, I'm always like, Oh, that looks so good. But Oh, my stomach would hate me if I ate that. Like I would literally I die. Oh my gosh. Talking about that today. I, <laughs> I was having a little bit of lunch in between doing some different stuff like cleaning and I pressure cans and broth for the first time. And it turned out awesome. Woo-hoo. But, um, I had like little quote unquote lunchables for lunch. I had like some pepperoni, some manchego cheese, which I can tolerate and some crackers. Cause I've been eating a little charcuterie. Know. Yeah, exactly. Charcuterie board. Um, but the crackers, I ate like several cause I was eating it as like, almost like a meal. And Aaron was looking on the label. He's like, this has milk ingredients. And I was like, what? And these crackers, they're like the toasted's harvest something something they were really good crackers but they have whey in them and I was like oh no so I guess short story read your labels because you never know but yeah so I love the great British baking show yeah it's It's a good one relaxing to watch and it's like so much more refreshing than watching other like competitive shows like American very like all right you gotta do this you suck yeah well even like like, oh you need help like in the competitors like help each other and then it's really nice and it's so refreshing and I think like so Paul is probably the meanest judge on that show and he's not even that mean like no he's just very objective about it but like you know different than like kitchen nightmares with Gordon Ramsay where he's like yelling at everybody this is dreadful it tastes like a donkey (laughs) stick <laughs> looks like it came straight out of a diaper. Did I just eat a band aid? Like, no, 
know, not just that, but so I introduced mom and dad to that show because I thought they would like it. And we watched like the first episode or something. And he was like, he was calling people really mean names, like calling people yeah. names. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is not really why I wanted to watch this. Yeah. I feel like the older ones are, or like the newer ones of that show are better because he doesn't like personally attack people as much. And oh. I think he just does it to get a rise out of them. Um, because like, that's pretty much what the show is, is getting a rise out of people. I did learn that he never goes back and watches anything that he does. Oh. Yeah, I'm like, that's a good idea because you'd probably feel terrible about yourself for calling that person fat. So... Or but, French um, pig. He literally said that in one of the episodes. He called somebody a French pig. I'm like, mm, that's a little crossing the line anymore, buddy. Like, yeah. I mean, so. this was like 2007, right? In the yeah, exactly. Days. Yeah, in the in the before time. So, oh, speaking of before time, in a song for a new day, they called the time before everything happened the before. Oh, really? Yeah, they called I mean. it in the before. Wow, I so know funny. so funny because that's what it is that's what's the before time and now we're going to be an after forever we'll never go back to the before time I think so mm, that will never I, happen people who think happen. that's going to happen delusional yeah potentially so, yeah but so yeah so watching tv has been something that together that was fun and then this summer what else did I do I don't know I feel like I, well, it, it got really hot here. And so in the, in Western Washington, and that was like kind of unbearable because nobody has AC out here. Right, uh, yeah. Very rare. So, I mean, it would be like 95 degrees out and be like 92 degrees in our house. So it was, um, I don't know, I was just kind of waiting for it to be over. So I don't feel like I really like latched onto a lot of memories from summer because I was like, it's just so hot. Well, and you can't just sit and read when it's that hot. Like it's, it's not too enjoyable. Hot. Mm-hmm. You just sit there and just like are exhausted and sweat. And then your hands are sweaty and then the pages get sweaty. And it's just like a whole thing. Cause I tried it's it gross. and I was like, no, oh, well, good it. on you for trying it. I tried, but yeah, so I'm excited for fall. I'm excited to get back into reading. I have, I did finish, um, I don't know, I did finish, oh yes, this is something else I wanted to mention with like perspectives and books, because I think you have to do it in a very, you have to do it in a masterful way if you want to have multiple perspectives, and I think someone who did a really great job with that was Lee Bardugo, who wrote the Grishaverse books. Oh I yeah. Finished, I finished Crooked Kingdom in like mid-June sometime, which is the second part of the Six of Crows duology, and in those books there are six viewpoints. Oh. And, and I never felt overwhelmed that whole time reading them. I never felt like frustrated or anything. Um, there were times when I wanted to get back to like, oh, I want to go to this person's viewpoint or whatever. But because they were all so inter, like, interconnected, you couldn't just skip and read to the next one because things happened in everybody's viewpoint. Um, but they're all and, related to each other somehow? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That helps. And then, it helps. And in the audible books, there are six actors or six readers, oh. which is so great. I just love that about the, the audiobook. Um, but yeah, so I just want to say that about perspectives. And then, I don't know, I feel like I have some things I want to read this winter, fall winter, but I'm really not like making myself adhere to any goals with what I read. 
I just am kind of just going with it because I, again, like you said earlier, just kind of reiterate, I don't want to like stress myself out by making goals like that, that I don't need to have, you know what I mean? And like yeah. pressure myself that way. So I do have some things I want to read, but I mean, the new Crescent City book comes out in January. So I kind of have to plan for that. I need to know if I pre-ordered it. I don't think I have yet. Oh yeah, that comes out. So that's probably my biggest thing that I'm excited about. But the other nice thing, I don't know if you experienced this when you, when your book list summer, like being like seeing like buying books and stuff, mm-hmm. but I really don't know like what's coming out. And exactly. You know, there's always so much hype and I'm kind of excited because I still haven't really explored that yet. Um, and so there's like, I have all this anticipation, this like this anticipation of having anticipation that yeah. I haven't explored it. I'm kind of just saving it. Um, but yeah, like I'm sure there are new books and new series and stuff that a lot of people are excited about. But that's the other thing um, with no Instagram this summer. I'm still not back on there. Oh, I nice. Told myself. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I'm going to do an Instagram this summer and I'm still not back on there. And I would get a lot of my, a lot, the book community is something I kind of miss on there. Yeah, it is. It's robust um, on Instagram and on YouTube. And I do appreciate that. I do too. Um, but I'm kind of miss, I feel like I have a little bit of FOMO, but I also realize I can discover these things on my own. And that makes it all the more, it's like when you discover a band like that you, no one in your life has heard of. And then you find them like on Spotify or, or something. And you're like, oh, oh my you're God, like your discovery. what I needed to hear. And then chores. Yeah. Or like, you know, you're having a chat with somebody and like somebody at work or in line waiting for something. And you talk about books and they're like, oh yeah, I read this book. And then you go pick it up and you're like, oh, like you have this connection with another person too. Um, I, I got a little bit disillusioned with booktube for, well, I mean, right before our summer thing started, because I feel like so many things, everything is just there to sell you stuff. And, you know, I get that there are, there are like a lot of booktubers out there who they, um, they are not sponsored. They don't want to be sponsored. They do their own thing. And then there are some who are like, oh, here's my book of the month haul. Here's my book haul video with book of the month. And I'm like, I know you're probably not even going to read those books, (laughs) you know, and I just, genre, like, yeah, I just get like sick of being sold to all the time. And so it's, it's interesting. You mentioned that about like, not doing, not buying any books is that I wasn't interested in knowing what was coming out because I knew I wasn't going to buy them. And I, I don't know, it was kind of nice. And, um, so maybe I'll get back to watching some book too, but um, it's also nice though, like not being bombarded with other people's opinions of stuff. Yes. And just that's reading it for myself. Yes. And that's something yeah. in general that I've really been enjoying about not being on social media at all is that I, I kind of like, you know, don't feel so smothered mm-hmm. by other people's opinions of whatever is going on. And it's, I feel like I'm, I feel more validated in how I feel because mm-hmm. I'm not comparing it to how other people feel. And so, yeah, that's been kind of nice. Um, there are some like people on there that I, I really just want to go look. There's some people like, I don't know, there's this chick, her name's Peachy Queen Cosplay and her name's Georgia. And she, she's does great. The, she's great. She does the funniest cosplay and like, um, like reels and stuff. And I, I really vibe with her books that she reads. 
But other than that, I'm just kind of like, like a lot of the people I just don't remember. So what's the uh-huh. point? Like, you know? So you if can, I only like, live your life. Yeah, live my life. And I I don't know. But why pretty great nowadays. You and I weren't we talking sometime during your visit or something where it's like I feel like if I'm not on social media, then I'm kind of being selfish because I'm not one, I'm not putting myself out there and be, mm, being vulnerable yeah. to all these people. And two, I feel like my world is smaller because I don't have this lens of the world through social media, like through the internet. Um, I like how, when my world feels a little smaller and I don't have yeah. the input from all of those people's opinions and stuff. But at the same time, like, do you think it feels a little like weird to not know what's going on like do you feel like you're in a bubble or something yes I do and I think it's just you have to accept I don't know you have to really I don't know for me at least I really had to dig deep and figure out like what do I want Mm -hmm. what's the lesser of two evils here and for me it's not being on Instagram and not knowing what's going on and whatever all the time the other thing too is that since I work with the public and I work with people anything like kind of a big deal like for example the whole tiktok destroying bathrooms devious licks thing that's going on right now with kids in bathrooms fucking weirdos um like i i heard about that because people at work so and i work with the people from the age of 16 to the age of like 58 so i I you have a good gamut yeah yeah so i don't know at this point in my life it just doesn't really feel necessary and i it it used to feel selfish, not like letting people know what was going on with my life. But then I think about like 20 years ago, nobody knew what was going on with my life. I know. Right. Like, and I was nobody, perfectly fine and they were cared. fine and I'm cool. Like being mysterious. And like, when people ask me what my handle is, I'm like, Oh, I don't have one. I'm not on there. So that's nice. I have to it say it nice. is nice. Like having a barrier between myself and the rest of the world. And you know, like five years, it's been five years since I've had Facebook. Wow. That's so, I, I know. I mean, I got rid of it because mostly it was because we were at the end of our infertility struggle Mm -hmm. and it was just really, really hard to see people posting stuff about their kids and babies. And it was all over the place. And I was like, I'm done. I need to be done with this. Also, I was starting, right. Also, I was starting the job I have now and I don't know, I just, I wanted to get to know people I work with on a, to use this word, organic basis, like just interact at work. You don't need to know my whole life. I don't need to know your whole life or coworkers first, and maybe we can become friends and, you know, exchange phone numbers and that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been nice because I feel like I, I mean, what? I feel like I was just talking to somebody else about this recently are, I want to say I read somewhere that our maximum, um, like capacity for people in our life is like 150 or something. Oh, like that we to can, know, like, track of and know. And yeah. I want to, oh, and I wish I knew where that was from. Um, I'm <sighs> sure it's in some anthropology book. Not that I was an anthropology major. Maybe I should have been, but, um, but yeah, but I mean, like, knowing what's going on with your family and then your extended family and then your close friends and your friends and your acquaintances and people at work and like celebrities Mm -hmm. and politicians and like all these people I'm just like why like that is that is like a ridiculous expectation of people to be able to keep up with that totally 
Absolutely. And it will take up, you can see it with people who are on their phones all the time. All the time. And I mean, I'm not judging. I'm just making an observation. It's, well, but it's true. I mean, like think about anywhere you go. Like, yeah. So it's, it, is, it becomes phone. a full-time job to keep up with everything. And then you're like, just to use like, um, a cliche, you're just letting your life pass you by because you're so engrossed in what's going on with everyone else feeling like you need to keep up and you need to have this knowledge as like a hobby or something that you're not doing the things you want to do, even though you really want to do them. You know, I would say the majority of the time when, you know, I talk to people about social media, which is rare because I don't know. Maybe people at work try to find me and they can't find me. And they're like, oh, okay, she's weird or whatever. I don't uh-huh. care what they yeah. think. Um, <laughs> but like whenever I talk to people and I say, oh yeah, I don't have, I haven't had Facebook for a long time. And they're like, oh, I wish I could get rid of it. Or, or I wish I would use it less. Um, and that just kind of further solidifies my, my decision to not use it. Um, but but yeah, I'm trying to think of exactly where that was going. Um, no, but we were okay. talking I, about yeah. books and like people's opinions about books. And it's so important to form our own opinions and to keep those mm-hmm. critical thinking skills and to be able to talk to people who yeah. have differing viewpoints, which is something I like about us doing this podcast is that yes. like we have different viewpoints on a lot of things. And mm-hmm. so we can just talk about it and negotiate our own meanings from it. Um even if we disagree and that's yeah. fine. Which I feel like is a human trait that, I don't know, I really am holding on to through it's all the tumultuous, it's being lost in this whole, the tumultuous world right now. Yeah. But something else too going along with the social media stuff is I feel like at this point, it's almost, it's on the lines of like technologically keeping up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I, I am trying to get off that train that that's going to derail, like eventually, mm-hmm. um, I've been trying to get off that train and, you know, just live more, it's again, cliche, but like live more simply. And that includes, you know, that doesn't mean like going off the grid and all that shit and like giving up community and being a hermit, which not that I would mind. It, so- would it sounds appealing, <laughs> it sounds doesn't great. it? It sounds great. But then I, I want to keep my connection to the world and I want to, you know, participate yeah. and, you know, contribute to the world still. But social media is one of those things that I, I don't want to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and it's people, not necessary to do what you're yeah, saying you want to do. I can you live can my, still... exactly. Mm-hmm. I can live my life and do what I want to do and whatever. Well, and I, and not like talking about this book, A Song for a New Day, that's kind of where pe- people were starting to come full circle and they were starting to feel that pendulum swing back where technology is awesome. Being able to do mm-hmm. things virtually, like being able to do this when we're 3000 miles apart is amazing. Yeah. Um, yes. But there is still something about being connected with other humans. And one of the things in the book that it talked about was being at a concert or a show like you and I both like live music. And mm-hmm. we can both attest to the fact that there is something that happens in your body with like vibrations and music and like the bass and the drums. And you know, that feeling yes. when music happens in, in person and you feel like the bass is like in your it's body. In you. It is like, yeah, it's like part it's of your heart, your vibration. Yes. And so there's, there's something that happens physically. I'm sure there's a sign. I mean, you t- talk about like healing bowls and things like, um, mm-hmm sound bowls and stuff like that yeah 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 sound bowls um 
And, and then there's something that happens too, when you're physically with a bunch of people and you're all enjoying the same thing at the same time, there's like a vibe and it's really hard to get that vibe in this book, particularly when there would be like, they would do like a hologram sort of show where the band would be there and you would feel like you're in the room with them. Is it kind of like felt like virtual reality or something where you can just put your hoodie on and be in the room with the band but you're not really in the room with the band. It's like drinking a diet Coke when you really just want like caffeine-free diet Coke. Yeah. (laughs) Caffeine-free diet Coke. Been there. I actually love it. Um, but, but what you really want is like a Coke with like full caffeine, full sugar, high octane, whatever. Um, and it's, there's so much more satisfaction in that, you know? Um, So yeah, I feel like in our lifetime, we're going to see all this come back around. I really hope so, because I will be an outlier. I will just say like, I will be an outlier, like talking to people in line at the post office. Everybody else has got their phone and I'm like looking for someone to have a conversation with. Yeah. Connection. Yeah. Not that I'm going to walk up to some random stranger and be like, Hey, how's the post office? But But like, just like, Hey, like you know, Oh, cool. You're shipping something to Illinois. Me too. Or like, yeah, like just connecting with humans. It's, we are made to do it. And Oh, speaking of that, I love how we have these like natural segues that I didn't plan, but it happens because the things that we talk about and the things we read are like things we're interested in and, you know, find a lot of knowledge about. I read this book um, called tribe by Sebastian younger. He is um, a very well-known journalist He's been in war zones and um, he's written a lot of good He wrote books. a perfect storm. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Um, so his book about tribe is, is all about this sort of idea that, well, it's a fact that, you know, evolutionarily speaking, we are created to be part of a group. And there are certain things that happen in a group that they happen for a reason. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you have somebody that's taken up all the resources in the group, they get punished. Like they, it's not okay to do that because we need to leave some for everyone else. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, we're made to be in community with people. And he talks about, he talks a lot about veterans and how veterans feel um, isolated when they come home because they were off doing something that like hardly anybody back here is gonna understand. Whereas, you know, he, what did he talk about? He talked about like the Israeli army and he, I'm all over the place. I'm sorry, but like, so he talked about veterans. He talked about community. He talked about suicide rates and rates of mental illness and stuff like that. Well, we know from like just our culture that like veterans have a huge like rate of suicide and mental health issues and stuff like that. Right. Well, comparatively in the Israeli army, they don't. And in his interviews with different people, they were saying that it's one of the reasons is because um, everybody has to do a national service. So people know what they're going through. It's not, no one says, thank you for your service. Like there, that would be weird. Um, There, they just get it. And also another reason is, you know, the, the conflicts that are happening are kind of on their back door, you know, Mm -hmm. back doorstep. Whereas here, we don't know what that's like. We haven't had that happen in a really long time. So very fortunate. Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, we don't have that common thing that's bringing everybody together necessarily. Um, So yeah. Anyway, that book I thought was interesting. That was written five years ago. 
I was like checking the copyright. I'm like, wait, was this written? No, written five years ago. Okay. <laughs> Still relevant. Um, so yeah, there, that was a good little, it wasn't a long book either. It was kind of a small one, um, mm -hmm. maybe 160 pages or something, but it was just, I read it kind of like as a, like a reminder, you know, that we need to be in community with people. Um, it's really important. So. Yeah. Well, you know, something along those lines. So Star Trek is really good at predicting the future <laughs> because like, um, for example, this is an example in the next generation, they have tablets that they use and they're, I mean, like, like we have now, and this was like in what the late eighties, early nineties before any of that shit was even being thought about. And, um, they have tablets and kids learn on tablets and like, everyone has like a, like a, like a device that they connect to other people on, but nobody has like social media or anything like that, but the technology is still being used in, in, as a tool, like in instruction, like in, as a practical, mm -hmm. pragmatic, that's what I'm looking for in a pragmatic way. And, um, I really hope we get back to that too, because like this, yeah. us being able to record a podcast, being on opposite sides of the fucking country is amazing and you know whatever but even then like even though like for example in our relationship we still we can talk on the phone and like text and do stuff and connect technologically but we still every year try to visit each other like there's no replacement for that mm -hmm. and I think I really do need to read that book a song for a new day because I yeah you like it I think I will but yeah I I agree with you I really hope the pendulum swings the other way and we get this addiction to technology as a convenience needs to I don't know. I would, I wouldn't be mad about it if it went away. No, me so. either. Give me a landline any day. Yeah. Yeah. I would love for to sure. Have I know. Oh, right. Great. Oh my God. Cordless phone. So. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was the best getting you a cordless phone. Oh, that was so great. Yeah. But, or even like, you know, there's being able to like have like a, a smartphone, but that only has like a couple of things that you need. Yeah. You know, like Google GPS, maps. Yeah. Google maps texting, you know, being able to make a phone call or like take notes, stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know, that's all you need. So for sure. One of the other books that I read this summer, um, is called falling upward by Richard Rohr. And I will oh, sing yeah. the praises of Richard Rohr until I die. Like he is a Franciscan priest. I think I've mentioned him on this podcast before. Mm -hmm. Um, his voice is so soothing and he has a lot of, it really is like, if you ever I know, listen I believe to it, it. I, I'm like, Oh, I love that. It's so soothing. And he, I just love his perspective on so many different things. Um, regarding religion. He talks a lot about Christian mysticism and I'm like here for that. Um, anyway, yes. this book called falling yes. upward, I've had it on my shelf for a couple of years. I bought it at Barnes and Noble. It's like a hard copy. I bought it. So I, I was like going through a Richard Rohr phase where I read, um, the universal Christ, which was so good. Um, mm -hmm. And I've kind of been coming back into my spirituality as it relates to like church and the Bible and stuff like that. Like I found myself actually reading the Bible again, um, which mm -hmm. to me is a symbol or a sign that I've been healing a lot of stuff and working through a lot of stuff that I need to work through. So anyway, I picked up this book because it's called, or the, the subtitle is a spirituality for the two halves of life. And so he talks about how a lot of people only live 
in this one half of life. And there's actually the second half of life that we all need to get to. And it's like, comes at the point where, you know, there's, there's still tragedy. He, I put, put a couple of quotes here. He says, life is inherently tragic, which is so true. That's, whole, um, that's like the whole Buddhist idea of suffering. Yeah. Suffering for sure. Yeah. Um, and so he, he says that once you move through the first half of your life and you work through stuff like your childhood and trauma and all this stuff, like there is this whole other side of life waiting for you where you live at peace and you, you know, you deal with things as they come and you have a lot of wisdom. And really that's like, I'm not really describing this book the way it needs to be described, but so good. So good. And I, I feel like it's the part of life that comes after a midlife crisis. Um, but as we've discussed, maybe in other conversations or on here, I feel like I've already had my midlife crisis because of infertility where mm-hmm. I had this whole time where I was just like, Oh my God, what am I supposed to do now? And <laughs> I can laugh about it now, but Oh my God, it's been like a thing. Yeah. Um, so working through that, working through grief of grandmothers, grandparents dying and just all this other stuff. Like, I feel like I, I was ready for the book. I was ready to read it and I want to go back and read it again. I, a lot of the times books like this, I devour them and I read them too fast because I'm, and I'm like, like underlining everything. Seriously. Like you look through this book, I underline so much stuff. Same with yeah. the, um, the Pima Chedron book on Unwel- welcoming the unwelcome. Oh, and also yeah. the untethered soul book by Michael Singer, like both of them. I can only take a little bit of that book at a time. I'm still only on the third chapter. It's of that intense. Book, but it's intense, but yeah. I just want to, I want to remember. Well, you want to apply it. Like you learn something yeah. and then you want to yes. apply it. Like, so anyway, I have a couple of really good, um, quotes from that. So the first one was life is inherently tragic. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. that's true. Um, before the truth sets you free, it tends to make you miserable. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. So there's a verse in the Bible that talks about how the truth will set you free. And I love that he mm-hmm. takes that and he adds this, it's like a little, um, asterisk where it's like, small print, like fine print, like, by the way, <laughs> the truth is great, but it's going to make you miserable, which is so true. It's so true. Um, and coming like coming out of COVID, not well, not really coming out of COVID going into a new situation with COVID where we're coming on two years, going on two years. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, this quote resur- or resurrected with me. No, that's in that word's in the quote. It resonated with me. Um, we are glad when someone survives and that surely took some courage and effort, but what are you going to do with your now resurrected life? That is a heroic question. And I think about all of us who have been fortunate enough to survive through COVID and any other trauma, grief, ailment, like illness, whatever that people have survived through. It's not basically the whole book is, is not enough to just survive. Like you gotta, you gotta do something with all of that experience. Um, so yeah, it gave me a little fuel to my fire. Well, I bet. Cause I mean, I haven't, I do want to read this book. Um, because I feel like that's also relatable after you, um, overcome an addiction. Because oh, yeah. after you like 
there was some time like after I had stopped drinking where I was just like, what do I do? Like, I, I mean, not even, not even just a, oh, how do I spend my time? But how do I, how do I spend time with my brain and how my, and my mind mm. and how do I do more than just deal with it? How do I embrace it and radically accept that this is my new reality that I've mm-hmm. created for myself? And so that sounds really relatable to, to me and my experience, even though I'm not a Christian, I really appreciate, I like Christian, Christian mysticism. And I love, I remember there was one time we were driving and listening to Richard Rohr on his podcast or something. Oh, we were driving back from, excuse me, North Carolina. And I was like, Oh yeah. And I was just like, Oh my God, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he does. He's awesome. So he has a very soothing voice. Well, that's awesome. I totally do want to read that. Um, my favorite part about books like that is um, when you highlight a bunch of stuff or whatever, and then you come back to it and you think you're like, oh, I'm so glad I highlighted this. Mm-hmm. And you like, don't remember highlighting it, but you're like, oh, past Elizabeth knew that this is going to be relevant. Or whatever. Yeah. I love that feeling. For that's sure. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Good for you. That's, oh, that sounds really good. Um, I also do want to read the universal Christ. We've talked about that before. And that's mm-hmm. a book I think I also want to read. Um, I'll body read it with you again. Okay. I do want to get, uh, I like having hard copies of books like that. Cause I like to, I've gotten it's a over pretty the, book too. Yeah. Isn't it like a, like sunset on the front, kind yeah. of like a orange yellow front to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like books and I'm, I'm at that point where I can actually write and dog ear and do that with books and not feel like a criminal. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, I actually, another book I haven't posted on Goodreads, but I should, I started reading, um, it's called Eastern Body, Western Mind. And um, it is, I have a hard time describing nonfiction books. I have a really hard time with it. So bear with me, but Mm -hmm. it's pretty much about how the, the chakra system relates to the Western world. And um, Anadia Judith, she has a PhD in something but um, <laughs> something important apparently something important this is why I, I just don't talk about the nonfiction I read because I just cannot actively describe it um but she this whole book is about how like the chakras are present in a lot of like past um ancient med what am I trying to say like ancient medicine I don't want to say cultures what am I trying to say like um traditions there yeah we go. yeah medicinal traditions and stuff and about how like the actual their actual nerve gatherings in those areas and how they scientifically affect our bodies when we are stressed or anxious or whatnot and how those areas can be blocked and how you can open up those areas for yourself and create that energetic flow through the whole body but um I've had this book for a long time and I've been kind of afraid to start reading it because I'm like oh fuck there's going to be a lot of self-discovery in this (laughs) that's why there are a lot of books like that like I I have a hard time starting to read because I know I'm going to be doing work while I read it um but I really drifted from the spiritual side of my yoga practice and my yoga Mm. practice in general and as I'm trying to you know reclaim that part of myself I've started reading this book and I've only read the introduction and I'm like oh my god Mm. I have eight chapters to read after this like holy shit but um so that's been a book that I've been highlighting a lot. I don't have it near me. There was some good stuff just in the intro where I was just like, holy shit, like humanity really needs good. to read this. Yeah. 
It's really good. And the way she writes is very accessible. That's another reason I have a hard time with nonfiction is because I don't want to feel like, or not even just nonfiction, but just anything that's not like prose. Um, I have a hard time reading because it's so textbooky. And yeah. I have a hard time with that. So, um, but yeah, Eastern Body, Western Mind by Anadia Judith. She has several other books about like the chakras and how they pertain to yoga and how you can open up yourself through different asanas and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I'm kind of excited to work through this book this winter. That all makes so much sense. And I, I think that sort of view perspective is really important because we are a society that it, it, we like pride ourselves on dissociating with our bodies, yes. um, from our bodies, I should say. Um, you know, I was just thinking, so this last period was awful. Um, and it was like, it just made me think about how I felt about it, how I felt about my body, like until I had my endometriosis surgery, surgery a few years ago where I just hated, I hated it. I hated myself. I hated that part of my body. I hated that process that happens to like 50% of the population every month. Um, yeah. for like 40 years yeah. of your life or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I just hate, I hate this. And so, you know, part of my yoga practice, um, some of the, the practices I've done that have been the most impactful have been the ones with like hips and stuff where, you know, you know, when you get through a practice, that's like so impactful and you're like laying there in Shavasana and you're like crying because <laughs> it just, yeah. I mean, all that stuff is so true. Like you're finally like coming into union. Well, yoga means union with, yeah. you know, yeah. your body and mind. And like, you know, I think this is a reason why we have things rampant, like eating disorders and um, body, body dysmorphia. dysmorphia. Yeah, because we're not aware of our bodies. And that is like, I feel like that's my next thing I'm going to tackle um, is some of the physical thing. Like I've dealt with a lot of the mental and emotional parts of kind of dealing with just what my body is in the world. Um, mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. but just like really just being aware of my physical body more, um, and how I feel. And, you know, I think that that's, that's another pendulum that I feel like is swinging back is that we're no longer as shaming of people when they're like, Oh, I don't feel good. Like I'm going to stay home because I feel sick. And, you know, I really need to rest. My body's telling me to rest. Like when you push yourself day after day, after day, after day, and you take no time to rest, your body's going to like scream at you. And that's yeah. the only time you're going to hear it. There was this shoot it's like a running coach or somebody. Hmm, I'm trying to remember who it was <laughs> shoot, but, <laughs> but it's like someone that says, you know, if you listen, when your body whispers, then it's not going to have to scream. Oh, that's so, so true though. So if you listen to your that's body so when true. you start feeling sick or like when I was doing all that distance running and I would just run through whatever, I'd be like, oh, I slept like garbage last night. I got three hours of sleep and I'm all I have is coffee in my system. I'm going to go out and run 10 miles. Like that's a good oh, idea. Geez, and yeah, I've done that before. Totally done that before, like multiple times. Um, and then I wonder why I'd be injured or why I'd be like sick or something like, hello, or you didn't get my the results was, that you were expecting. Yeah. My body's trying to tell me something. And we talked about a lot, this a lot too, with like, um, alcohol and stuff, but 
but yeah so that book sounds really good there um, is something too that she mentions in the book and she mentions that like this is the only thing I remember is that each body is a microcosm so yeah. like your body is a universe and so the idea that like everything in your body is interconnected just like how I believe everything is interconnected in our universe mm -hmm. everything is working with it it wants to communicate with itself it wants to you know again circumventing back it wants to have community with itself mm -hmm. it wants to be able to have open communication this is why you need you know your chakras quote unquote to be open and flowing is so that your whole body can communicate with itself all the way from you know your muladhara chakra which is you know the, the root this the survival chakra all the way through the I don't remember the name of the very top one the crown of the head one the set the thousand lotus I don't remember at this moment I'm sure I, I will know. after but I, I knew it when you said the last chakra I'm like it's the one yes, on the top of your head. the crown of my head um but yeah each body is a microcosm and I even in myself like what you're talking about with the pendulum swinging back with this I've been noticing my own changes in how I view my body um I've I've struggled with the way I've looked my entire life and so I as I'm starting to do things to like accept my body for the way it is and not, I, I catch myself judging myself. Yeah. And I feel like that self-awareness is the first step that a lot of people are having. Um, and then the next generation will hopefully be able to break this whole terrible cycle of, okay, this is what so-and-so celebrity looks like. And if you don't look like this, then you aren't attractive. You're trash. You You're are trash. dead garbage. You are that... a little steaming dead garbage because you are in a size D cup with a size 28 waist. Like what, <laughs> what the actual fuck? Like that's totally unrealistic. And so, but that's why I love yoga so much. And, um, especially like vinyasa yoga is really good to like for exercise and whatever, but that's why I love Hatha yoga. And so Hatha yoga Ha means sun and Tha means moon in Sanskrit. Mm -hmm. And it's just reiterating okay. that whole yoga, which translates to yoke or to, to union or to, to make one. It's about being present while you're performing the asana and having that union of body and mind mm -hmm. and being present while it's happening. And that's why I like it more because it's slower and you have to be there. You have to be. You it's not like, like vinyasa where it's like, do this and do this and do this and go, do go, a go, chaturanga. Go. And then you're just like, yeah. And you're focusing. Yeah. It's, it's a different focus. Totally. At least focus. for me. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. I'm the same way because like, for example, if I'm in like trikonasana, 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 which is triangle, triangle pose. pose. You have all these different parts of your body that are connected to the earth, but are also like different parts that you need to activate and relax and all of that. And you hold all that in your brain at once and there's no room for anything else. Yeah. And that's what I love about that is because there's no room for my shitty thoughts to come in there and be like, well, you know, your form is, doesn't really matter, or whatever. I'm like you should be weightlifting instead or whatever, which not to divert, but that also has its own sense of presence because of form and all of yeah. that. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think we've kind of lost that too with exercise. We're very much like, okay, we just need to get there. I just need to get there, get to mm -hmm. that point of where I feel like my body is better or perfect or what have you. But again, the whole idea of the journey is the destination. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Brando Sando right there. <laughs> yes. So Brando Sando, that's cute. Um, so yeah, but that's my little piece on exercise. I'm so glad for you that you're, you know, you've realized your next big thing. I hope I and get there someday I feel like I am with my whole really I just really want to get back to my more of my spiritual self like yeah. she's missed me and I've missed her 
Well, you can only focus on one thing at a time, you know, one big thing at a time. And we have hopefully our whole lives to work on all these different things. And it's like, not like, you know, once you work something out, doesn't mean it's going to be worked out forever. Like it's it's a constant sort of work that you have to do. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, and coming back to the, you know, our worlds are smaller from not having, but they're richer. Yeah. No. So I'm cool with that. Yeah. I do have um, a quote I'd like to read. Hold on. Okay. Um, So this is a quote from Crooked Kingdom. One of my uh, favorite characters in the book, his name is Jesper. And this quote is from one of his chapters in the book. And it is, um, he'd worked with gunsmiths, made his own ammunition. He knew his guns better than he knew the rules of the maker's wheel. He focused on the bullet and sends the smallest parts of it. Maybe he was the same, a bullet in a chamber, spending his whole life waiting for the moment when he would have direction. I just, I remember reading that in the book and being like, oh my God, that's so relatable. And just like waiting for when you have direction, but sometimes you have to create your own direction. Like life isn't just going to pave the path for you. You have to go out there and do the work. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. Okay, love you too. Bye. Bye.